Welcome to The Common Rounds. Medical education for medical students by medical students. And welcome to our next episode. So our episode today follows on from our previous episode about the motor pathways. Well, now we're actually going to talk about the tracks that are involved in the motor pathways. Mm. If, you, if this is the first time you're tuning in, please go and have a listen to the, the areas in the brain involved with the, the cortex areas involved with you know bringing about the the movements and mm-hmm. the motor pathway so that's yep. really important so go back and have a listen to that mm-hmm. because today we're just going to be talking about the tracks yes before we talk about the tracks though i've come across two things in my readings pyramidal tracks and extra pyramidal tracks and it took me a while to understand the mm-hmm. difference between the two so what are the differences andy okay so pyramidal tracks refer to tracks that have an origin from the cerebral cortex let's yep. say for example one of the regions would be the Primary, sense, uh, primary motor cortex, yes, and they carry motor fibers down to the spinal cord or to the brainstem. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they both of them have different names, and they are responsible for voluntary control of muscles and on the of the body and the face. Yeah, mm. yeah. What about extrapyramidal? So extrapyramidal, and there are diseases that can just specifically affect the extrapyramidal pathways. For example, Parkinson's disease is an example. So these mm-hmm. are the pathways that originate from the brainstem. Yeah. Um, they still carry motor information to the spinal cord, but they're responsible for the involuntary autonomic part, uh, aspects of uh, muscular contraction because, you know, there are muscles involved with mm-hmm. maintaining your posture that you're not consciously thinking about. And mm-hmm. these are, these guys are important from that point of view. Mm-hmm. There's another concept, Andy. Okay. Upper and lower motor neurons. Mm-hmm. What are they? That's a good point. Because... In sensory pathways, we've talked about primary, secondary, and tertiary neurons. In motor neurons, there are upper and lower motor neurons. Upper motor neurons refer to ones that stem from, let's say, the brain. So they originate from the brain, and then they synapse near the spinal cord, and that's the upper motor neuron. And the lower motor neurons are the effectors from the spinal cord, and then they go to the... um, the actual the muscles. Actual muscles, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So unlike the sensory where there was three nerves involved, mm. kind of here there are two key nerves that are really important to us to bear in mind. Yeah. There are a couple of important tracks. I think the, the one that is really important is the corticospinal tracks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where did they start? Yep, corticospinal. So from the name you can dissect it out that it starts from the cortex and they will end near the spine. Exactly, that's right. So they start at the most, about 6% of them, um, uh, of the fibers, probably uh, start around the primary motor cortex. And what happens, where do they travel through to um, go to the spine? They they Mm. follow this very interesting pathway. Yeah, so a bunch of the corticospinal tracts, they all merge together to form this thing called the corona radiata, and then they follow down through the internal capsule, down through to the midbrain, um, they they go straight through the pons without synapsing anywhere, and then they reach this region called the medulla, near the lower part of the brainstem. Yep. At this region, they come together to at the very ventral region, or the front region of the brainstem, and they that's now called the pyramids. And at the pyramids, there's this region called the pyramidal decussation, mm, where yep. that means that's where these um, these fibers cross to the opposite side. Most of them do, and around 80% of them do. And then once they've crossed through the opposite side, they go down this pathway called the lateral corticospinal tract. Yeah. Whereas the remainder of the remaining 20%, 10% or so, they, they still remain on the same side. They continue down on the same side, and then they remain on the same side. They just don't cross to there. They just no. stay on that side. Yeah. What about the other 10%? Other 10%, once they've actually gone down the same side, um, so they haven't crossed. When they reach the 
the region that they need to synapse, they will then cross to the optical yep. side. Exactly. So, yeah, mo- I mean, most of the fibers cross at the pyramidal decussation. And it's beautiful. If you have a look at um, uh, a brain specimen, you can actually see that area um, at the ventral surface of the, um, mm-hmm. the medulla. So 80% cross, 10% don't. They just mm-hmm. don't cross. Another 10% go ipsilateral on the same side and then eventually cross a little bit lower in the spinal yep. cord. So that's why you get... The two, so two pathways arise really. The lateral cortical spinal tract, which you mentioned, and the anterior sp- um, spinal, um, anterior cortical spinal tracts. Mm. And these are mainly seen in the cervical and the upper thoracic part, uh, segments of the spinal cord. Mm. And that's the anterior um, cortical spinal tract that I'm referring to. Okay. The lateral, you see that everywhere where there is a lot of, mm. you know, where, where there's limit. So if you have to move your legs, mm. In the lumbar region, you see the lateral cortical spine. If you have to move your arms, you also see that as well. Mm. Um, whereas the anterior cortical is mainly seen in the upper thorax okay. and cervix as well. Mm. What about you know my face? And what yeah. about other um, you know mm. chewing and eating? It, I don't think the cortical spinal pathway is important for that. Something else no, is going on. Exactly, because when you mention the face and the muscles of the face, that's actually innervated all by cranial nerves. And so instead of cortical spinal tracts. For innovating cranial nerves, you use the corticobulbar tracts. Yeah. And so they, they, they use very similar regions to get to the, the spot, sorry, the cranial nerve nuclei in the brainstem, and then they innovate the said nuclei, and then use through the actual cranial nerves, they, they go and do about the Exactly. Job. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the corticobulbar fibers are important for cranial nerves, the corticospinal pathways, mm-hmm. the corticospinal tracts are important for the periphery, so moving your arms and legs. Yeah. Now, it doesn't end there, does it? Mm-hmm. As we no. mentioned, there are some auto, um, autonomic, uh, not autonomic, but things that you're not really aware involuntary of. Yeah, involuntary yeah. movements that are important for posture. Yeah. And there are really four key tracks that I think are important okay. to mention. Mm. Rubrospinal tract, which is lateral, mm-hmm. and it kind of follows the corticospinal tract if you look at it in the spine. There is the reticular spinal tract, mm-hmm. tectospinal, and vestibular spinal. Note how the name kind of gives away sort of where they're coming from and yep. where they're going to go. Mm. Let's start with the rubrospinal tract, okay. Andy. Um, where does it come from? Rubrospinal tract. Rubro, I think that refers ruby. to the red, yeah, red, ruby, red nucleus. So the red nucleus in the upper part of the midbrain. And so let's try to think about what it could, um, what the functions of it are um, in humans. Some textbooks say that the function is a bit uncertain, but what is known is that it does control flexion of the upper extremities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one very interesting clinical point um, concerning the rubrospinal tract is that it's it's used as a landmark to help you note whether if brain damage has occurred above or below it. Yeah. So yeah. you get these um two different types of movement, decorticate and decerebrate, depending mm. on whether if damage occurred above or below the yeah. um, rubrospinal spinal Yeah, tract. well put. And um, we'll talk about those in, in a future episode when we talk about um, brainstem lesions. Yeah. Now, another pathway that's really important is the cortical spinal tracts. And there are two key tracts that stem from that. There's the medial reticular spinal tract that stems from the pons, okay. and that's important for increasing muscle tone. Okay. And there are the lateral reticular spinal tracts, which come from the medulla, and they're important for decreasing muscle tone. So they have opposing effects. Mm. So I think you mentioned that there, um, when we're having a chat about this prior to the episode, that they're probably important for that balance and gait, aren't they? Because they're opposing each other. So, they're, so mm. you're sort of getting this equilibrium in terms of your posture and balance. Mm. What about the tectospinal tract? That's yep. interesting. So it comes from the tectum. Yep. So I'm assuming the superior colliculi. Yes, very good. And so with the superior colliculi, you'd know that that superior colliculi re- receives input from the eyes, whereas um, so visual input, whereas the inferior colliculi receives input from the ears. ears. Yes. And so what they do is that they're very important to, so, uh, to coordinate upper 
trunk or like upper mainly like neck muscles mm. to direct your face and eyes and stuff to to very certain stimuli so let's say if you hear a sudden loud noise through the tectospinal tract it's going to it's going to shift your head towards the region of where they are, uh, from uh, towards the direction of the sound. Sound, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, I mean, the term for it is called the orientation reflex of the head. So, yeah, like you mentioned, if you hear a massive, you know, a loud sound, let's say there's a big thunderstorm and you hear this loud bang, mm. your head automatically tends tends to go towards where the sound was coming from. Yeah. It's probably a survival mechanism. So you're mm. not intentionally thinking about it. It just happens. You know, it, mm. If you watch that in movie theaters or when you hear a loud bang and things mm. like that, you automatically turn towards it. Yeah. There's a final important medial pathway that we need to mention, and that's yeah. the vestibular spinal tract pathway. And again, I think it's got two components. Do you want to explore what, yes. what they are? So the vestibular spinal tract it re- receives, well, it originates from the cells of the um, vestibular nuclei, and that would be cranial nerve number eight, where it's involved in balance. And um, so there's lateral and a medial vestibular mm-hmm. tract. Um, the medial vestibular tract, they go down through the... Um, the medial longitudinal fasciculus of the um in the in the brainstem, and then they go I think to the upper and uh, upper spinal cord. I think so, yeah. yeah. Upper cervical spinal cord, yeah. yeah. And then they innervate muscles that are controlling head positioning and orientate orientation reflexes. Yeah, I think that's to yeah. do with because it's all it's all to do with balance and sound. I think as well. Mm. And I think the lateral nucleus. This is really important because, like you mentioned, um, part of the decorticate response that. Um, lesion that we will eventually get to in, in a future episode yep. involves this pathway. The the lateral um, nucleus sends um, these five. The lateral nucleus of the vestibular um, the vestibular nuclei mm-hmm. sends these fibers down. Uh, the lateral um, fibers down, mm-hmm. and they're important for extens uh, controlling extensor muscles, so muscles that are involved with extension. And they it sends it to all levels of the spinal cord. Okay. Particularly of importance is the legs as well. So it keeps the legs extended, mm-hmm. and so it's probably important for balance as well. Because as soon as you mm-hmm. flex your legs, you're going to fall. Yes. You want to uh, you know to maintain your posture and balance. You have to have your extensors activated as well. Yeah. Um. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. There are th- mm-hmm. uh, three medial pathways. So when we say medial, we mean that the if you look at the spinal cord. Part, Section, yeah. they're going to be more central in the spinal cord. So they're the reticular spinal, tectospinal, and vestibular spinal. Mm-hmm. And the only lateral of the extrapyramidal tracts is the rubrospinal tract. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to add before well, we wrap up? Um, yeah, so there's another term that I came across as well when we're describing like the vestibular spinal tract. Um, it was when we talk about like, you know, the, the lateral nucleus innervates muscles that control extensor groups. Yep. I think they're also uh, somebody. Else, some people call them anti-gravity. Yeah, muscles as that's well. right. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, you're just opposing the effects of gravity and keeping your body upright. Exactly. Mm. So we in this episode we talked about um, the fact that the cortex has six layers, and the important cortical layers are the uh, are five and six from the primary motor cortex we talked yep. about cortical spinal tract we yep. talked about the bulbous spinal which is important for facial nerve facial um muscles yes we talked about the um extrapyramidal tracts which are your rubrospinal mm-hmm. reticular spinal tectospinal and vestibular spinal and the names kind of tell you where they're coming from and where they're going to go yes. as well mm-hmm. that's it for this episode andy unless you have anything else to add no that's about it thanks for tuning in guys so we're going to talk more and more about um the muscles i think next episode we'll talk about the reflexes so when you use a tendon hammer on your knee well you get the knee jerk reflex for example so stay tuned for that next episode yep see you next time our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our co-editor Cindy for notes collective experiences and much more study resources visit our website on the common
www.fanrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.